Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's show, I want to give you a heads up on what the scam activity is right now that you need to be so alert to. They're everywhere. And you may roll your eyes when you hear about yet another one, but believe me, people of all education levels, all levels of sophistication, all ages are targeted by scams. And why? Because they work for the criminals. And so you've always got to be on your guard. And then here's something that's always been a tough one for me. Something that's becoming more and more popular, prenups prior to a wedding. I want to give you an update on it. And so hard for me to talk about prenups when we're talking about a matter of the heart. We're going to do so. And Christy, you got something else you wanted to Yes. So we haven't done this before. Have no. We? So we, a while ago, gave out a number. We have a voicemail on for the show and we asked us some specific questions. We did an episode on your crazy travel stories, if you remember that. So there's a voicemail on there. And I think we're going to make a new segment out of this. We're going to call it the Clarkies. So since that seems to have won, <laughs> um, a lot of people don't have questions that they want or Clark stinks that they want to write in about, but they listen every day or they watch every day on YouTube. And so I think at the end of every episode, I'd love to do a Clarky of the day, but if we don't get that many, maybe a Clarky of the week. So I'm going to play a, this message that we got to give but you kind of an example. This is the beginning of it. Well, we will Just do them at the end eventually. Okay. I want everyone. Okay. So I'm going to give out the number now and then I'll give it out again after I play this message that we got in from Joe. Um, so the number to call in, if you're Clark, you just want to say hi to Clark or thank him or tell a quick, quick, quick story. That would be great. The number is 404-981-2071. 404-981-2071. And so here is our first Clarky of the day. Hi, Clark. My name is Joe from North Carolina. I've been listening to you for over 20 years. Through all that time, your mantra there are many ways to pay for college, but only one way to pay for retirement really resonated with me. Your advice about IRAs, Ross, and 529 plans has enabled me to retire comfortably from my air traffic control job at age 51. And that's why I am a clerky. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You know, it really is so important to live on less than what you make and get your priorities in the right order. And this thing with, with college for families that college is part of the family culture is parents feel this wave of guilt that that comes before their own futures for the parents. And it's not. And Joe said it so well. He did. Okay, so again, the phone number, if you're a Clarkie and you want to call and leave us a message, is 
981-2071. Carry on. Carry Thank on. Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah. Of course. And we'll see what kind of things we hear from people. And they'll be, you said at the back end. Yeah, we'll do them at the end of episodes. Okay. You're so happy. I love stuff like this. I love hearing, I feel like your audience is like just the greatest, like so many fun, wonderful people. And I love, you know, I love people and I love everyone's stories. So, and you're the same way. So I think it'll be fun. So people I don't love, scamsters who are taking advantage. And I want to tell you, FTC report, how are people really getting taken now? Please hear me on this. This is so important. The most reported scam right now, and this is text message, but I bet the data would be similar by other methods of communication as well. Pretexters pretending they are from your bank, financial institution, investment house, whatever. Why are they doing that? Why did Jesse James rob banks? Because that's where the money was, right? Supposedly, he said that forever ago. So this is where you got a bullseye target on you, is trying to con you and steal your money from you. So listen to this, so the FTC said, the number of reports of pretexting about banks, where somebody scams you pretending they're from a financial institution, has jumped 20 times over in the last three years. 20 times over. This one is what you have to have all out radar for, whether it is by any method of communication. It could even be a phone call, somebody pretending they're from your bank, a text, email, you name it, they will create this sense of urgency in you that there's this problem or there's been this breach or did you really authorize this charge or whatever the backstory is. And you know what? You're not protected. If you cough up information to a pretexter, to someone who pretends to be from your bank or credit union, you're out that money. You're not going to get it back. So that's why you've got to be so on your toes because this is the hottest thing going on right now to steal from you the hottest one and yes the scams never stop changing why because they've worked the pretexting thing has worked for so many years in so many different formats so many different forums and we've heard them all So right now is the banks, and then the criminals will move on as people get more aware of that. They'll move on to some other kind they try to hit you with. There's always the the dating scams that we've talked about. I mean, there's always ways people are going to get you. But then I want to share with you something that will stun you. How likely are people to cough up information? So there was an article in Barron's that was absolutely shocking. So a private organization called FINRA, which is involved in the brokerage industry and oversight of brokers, did a test where they had actors call individuals pretending to be from a made-up government agency. And they were specifically 
contacting older individuals because that's who has most of the money in the investing world. And the good news is that two out of three people did not give up the personal information they were being asked for by the supposed crooks. There were these actors impersonating federal employees. But unfortunately, the other third engaged, half of that group gave up so much information that it would have been very easy to steal their money or to steal their identity. This is really, really significant that we're talking about a meaningful percent of the population contacted by a phony baloney because we don't normally have actual hard data that we're talking about. There's a solid one in eight chance that someone contacted by a con artist will give up all the goods and allow themselves to be cleaned out or a lot of money taken from them. Please remember this. Please remember because your best defense against a fraudster is making sure all your friends and family know how hot these scams are and how successful they are and how careful you have to be ever giving any information to someone you are not the one who initiated the contact, period. Krista? Okay, Kathy in Wisconsin says, when looking at condos, we noticed there are two types of condo management. Can you please explain the pros and cons of unit owners associations versus professional offsite management? Which is a better choice when deciding on a condo purchase? So there's actually, we're dealing with nuance here. A unit owners association or condo owners association, whatever you call it, can be managed, self-managed, which is rare, being run by the unit owners, the board of directors, also managing the association, very rare. Almost 100% of the time, it will be a professional management company and a smaller condominium development that professional management company will always be off-site in a, let's say, a high-rise condominium that has a lot of units, there will be on-site management at the property. But most condos are not urbanized high-rises, and so there will not be on-site management. But for you as a buyer, as a general rule, the only difference to you is if you want employees working for the association on location, where you're living, or it's just fine that they are off-site management. In a more suburban-style condominium development, they will be almost always, if not always, off-site. Melba in Florida wrote in with this, I'm reading your article on how to save money on groceries. One of the ways listed is to break packages in the meat department to get a better deal did somebody sneak this by you? I can't imagine you would say this to anyone. And by the way, Clark, you're my hero. Oh, okay. Melba, I don't know if you think that I lost my mind or that the writer at Clark.com lost his or her mind. No, this is something that works at many supermarkets that have meat cutters on location. Is Let's say there's a big package there and it's more than you can handle that it'll go bad before you or you and your family finish whatever it is that's in that prepackaged thing. 
at a place that has an active meat department on location, they can resize that package for you. They can give you smaller quantity. And as a normal rule of thumb, the price per pound will be the same. So uh, no, it was not snuck by me. It is an actual real thing that you can do. Now, what I'm not saying that's in there, but I'm saying now is so often you go into a supermarket, there are no meat cutters in the supermarket anymore. Many of them do not have that. The meat comes in from a meat cutting facility for that supermarket chain. And what's there is what's there. And you can't have it resized. And from Andrew in Connecticut, what can you tell me about the FlexCar program and what are the hidden costs or downfalls? Okay, so FlexCar is in four cities, six cities. Can you look up and tell me the cities? Uh, yes, but you um, can also, like he's in Connecticut and I know it's in Boston, so maybe he's okay. getting one from there. So um, where else are they? Um, t- I know it's Atlanta, Boston, Nashville, and I think I'm forgetting one. I'll find it. Okay. Um, FlexCar is one of the companies that I've talked about, not recently, but I talked about in the past, like Sixt, which is a European family-owned rental car company that has lots of locations in the United States. And there are various efforts like this regionally around the United States where you subscribe to transportation instead of owning a specific vehicle. So FlexCar, you mentioned Atlanta, Boston, Nashville, also in Charlotte. With these things, you pay a monthly subscription for transportation, and it includes auto insurance. And you can either have, uh, depending, everybody's got a different model who's doing this. In the FlexCar case, you sign up for a subscription that's either a zero-mile subscription, and you pay them a flat rate for the right to drive a vehicle. And then you pay per mile you drive that vehicle. Or you prepay for a block of miles that you anticipate you would need in a month. And you pay a flat rate. So as I shared recently on the podcast, the average cost of owning and operating a vehicle in the United States now is over $1,000 a month, according to AAA. So for someone who is a light to moderate user of transportation, but needs access to wheels, these subscription plans are a way potentially to have more flexibility. Uh, you know, like you might want a vehicle for a while and you don't anymore. Having access to transportation that fits your lifestyle, but at what could be a lower cost per month. Uh, So I don't know that there's downfalls or gotchas. It's for a segment of the market. Somebody who lives in a suburb or exurb does long distance commuting. This is not for you. This is for people who live uh, city, close in suburb, don't do a lot of driving, don't really care about vehicles, but you need a vehicle for your commute pattern and you want it to be a lower cost of your monthly budget, and it has the insurance included in it, which is such a big deal right now. So I have nothing bad to say about these programs. The various providers of these programs are providing something that fills a need in the marketplace. 
Coming up ahead, I want to talk about something that I've been asked about hundreds of times over the years from prospective brides or grooms-to-be, what I feel, what I think about prenups. We're going to talk about that. I am an incurable romantic. That's just who I am. Financially, in my life, it would make absolutely perfect sense that I would be in a prenup. 100% make financial sense. But this romantic side of me ignores what would be practical, legal, financial, because I have this built-in bias that if you do a prenup, a contract that says this is what happens if this marriage we're entering into, which is in theory and in our hearts supposed to be forever, if it doesn't make it, which is true half the time, this is what happens later. And Americans in larger and larger numbers do prenups, depending on whose stats you believe, somewhere uh, maybe close to a quarter of marriages have prenups. Many times it'll be people who are in a subsequent marriage or have kids from a prior marriage or whatever. And so you always hear such conflict from me whenever I'm asked about it. So we got these two things. The impractical romantic me says if you got kids from a prior relationship or marriage or whatever, in order to protect the interests of the kids, you know, as a first thing, having a prenup has great value. Okay, I said it. I hated saying it. And there are lots of reasons why you would do one in spite of it being like absolutely the opposite of romance and how I think always hopeful that you found the right person and that you're with that person in joy for the rest of your life. But it doesn't work out that way again half the time. It's 50-50 shot. You could also have a great imbalance in a relationship where one person has a lot, another person doesn't have much. A marriage that doesn't work out, there could be real issues with what happens with the assets of the person who came in with a lot and the person who didn't. So there, I've said it. It hurts to say it. But I was thinking about it's irresponsible that all I do is when somebody asks me about it is I say, well, I really don't like them. (laughs) And I should say it a different way. I was uncomfortable and am uncomfortable having one for me and my life. But when you ask me the question, you ask me the advice, I really realize I have been doing a disservice in how I've answered the question because you come to me for advice about your wallet and I feel like I've not done a fair shake to why someone would look at doing a prenup. And lawyers already know I only just glossed over the circumstances a prenup would make sense, but I just wanted to get it out there that it is obviously, if, uh, if nearly a quarter of people or somewhere around a quarter of people are doing them, it's something that I need to be more open to answering and addressing with a particular somebody asked me about it. Okay, we'll go to questions. This came in from Marsha in Virginia. 
I'm renewing my auto insurance and I went to your website to find information that will help me become a better consumer. One of the insurance companies you recommended is Amica, but when I looked at this company on Better Business Bureau in my area, their rating is A+, but it has 1.28 stars out of five. That doesn't seem very reputable to me. Wow. That is correct. I went and looked at the Better Business Bureau site. They are A+, and there are 69 reviews, and out of those... They do auto insurance. They do life insurance. There were a bunch of like- Auto and homeowners. Well, they also do life insurance. I have a life insurance policy through that. Oh, okay. And some some were from people who were rejected from the life insurance policy. Oh, Um, that were already insured with them or- Or just couldn't, just didn't matter. Like they just applied for life insurance to them and couldn't get it. So it's not a huge swath of people. I'm not saying they didn't, that they didn't do something wrong, but- Well, I can only go by, you know, there's so much data on how people feel about auto insurers from organizations that rate auto insurers. You've got Consumer Reports, which is considered to be the most authoritative source on it. Uh, You also have J.D. Power. And Amica historically has been number one or very much at the top, one, two, or three of the best auto and homeowners insurers in America because it's a co-op. It's a mutual but a true one that is owned and operated by and for the benefit of its members. And so uh, I'm not an Amica insured. Are you still Amica insured? I am. Yep. I've had several claims, unfortunately. How long have you been with Amica? Oh my gosh, at least 15 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and so Amica has historically a very, very good record. And by the way, the various questions we've had about the other very highly rated insurer, USAA, uh, we have, as I promised on the podcast, we've sent in an inquiry to USAA to find out why we're hearing quite a bit more complaints about USAA than we used to. And when we have an answer from them, if we get an answer from USA, and hopefully it won't be corporate bureaucratic doublespeak, I will share that with you on the air. You know, in terms of the ratings of these two, they continue in the rating services I talked about to be elite insurers, but we are hearing anecdotally a lot of complaints, not about Amica, but a lot about USAA, and we'll keep you advised on what their response is to us. Tracy, North Carolina says, I recently got an email from my cell phone provider that said, we use CPNI internally and may share information about our customers with our family of companies and our agents. This allows us to offer you new or enhanced services we think you'll like. Should I opt out of this? Yes, you should. Every time I'm given that thing, would you like more marketing materials from us? Is it okay if we do blah, blah, blah for marketing? No, 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 no. Because the thing you said, read that last part, our family. Family of of companies. So the way that's defined under the law is really sneaky and sleazy. They can pretty much share, if you give a yes to that, they can share it with who knows who leads to greater risk of identity theft, data breaches that could affect your personal and financial information. So when they're letting you know, the answer is always no, no, no. 
Tim in Texas says, my grandson's 2011 Lincoln MKZ hybrid transmission failed in a remote area on an interstate highway. It was towed to a Lincoln dealer in Amarillo. The quote for the repair was $17,000. I contacted four independent- Wait, 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 wait. $17,000? Yes. To repair what part of the car? I I contacted four independent transmission shops in the area. No one will work on a hybrid car transmission. My grandson's otherwise serviceable car is now junk. Please don't recommend hybrid cars to anyone. The cost of repairs will outweigh any fuel savings. Tim, no one's ever said this to me. Hybrids have been around in the United States since 1997. I'm just stunned. It may be that in Amarillo, it's not a market that's going to have a lot of hybrids. But hybrids are so common in the big cities. I don't know what the remaining market value is of a 2011 Lincoln MKZ. But to just junk it, unless it has very low market value as a 12-year-old vehicle, I think it's worth having it towed elsewhere in the country, elsewhere in Texas. Gosh, it's a long tow, isn't it? But to just junk the thing as something to go to a junkyard, it would have to have very low market value. $17,000 to fix a transmission. I've never heard anything so crazy or ridiculous in my life. I mean, there would almost certainly be the places where you could get the transmission from a junkyard, from a wrecked MKZ, and have it installed and spend a tiny, tiny fraction of what's being quoted to you. So I wouldn't take from it the lesson that having the hybrid is the problem because it's a very common power plant in vehicles. It's just weird. Maybe someone will have a suggestion for you who is in the automotive industry or an auto mechanic. If they come up with one, we'll pass that on to you. And we had a complaint last week yeah, from someone about the GE refrigerator water filters having digital rights management to them, like the evil Hewlett Packard printers have the digital rights management on the cartridges. So I was just flabbergasted that the filters, the water filters, would now incapacitate that function on the refrigerator. We're getting water from it so that GE could make more money. Well, we did have someone let us know that there's a website, whole website devoted, how to get around this money grab from the manufacturers of GE refrigerators, which actually we found out after the fact from another listener are not actually made by GE. Right. That GE sold the brand name for refrigerators to a Chinese company. And apparently it's the Chinese company that's using digital rights management in a refrigerator. This is a perfect example of the law of unintended consequences. Congress passed a law for one purpose, that's being completely used for something that is totally unacceptable and nothing with the intent of the law. And it was funny, there was a sale on a Hewlett Packard printer the other day. And I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, not on your life. I am not buying your printer under any conditions, any circumstances, because of this terrible, terrible thing you do 
with the printer cartridge ink. Now we've got the same thing with these GE refrigerators. My goodness, where is ethics in big corporate America? In the case of this refrigerator, maybe Chinese corporate. But I find it very disturbing because there's plenty of money to be made just treating people right. And in business, instead of having, I call it the curse of the MBAs, say, oh, you realize how much more money we could make if we cheated our customers this way or that way or the other way. Really crazy stuff. So just treat people right. Because remember, a reputation can take a lifetime to build and a minute to lose. And reputation is valuable. How you treat people. We as individuals, how we treat each other, treat others. And companies, how you treat customers. Maybe you can make that quick score by being dishonest, unethical, rotten, terrible, crooked. But long term, what does that leave you with? And I want to thank you so much for joining us. We're all about saving more, spending less, and avoiding getting ripped off. And this is a case where you can avoid both spending too much money and getting ripped off at the same time. Have a great day.